feminine power is like the ocean. It's very different because it's unpredictable. It's untamed. It's wild. It's free. It's liberated. It's unlimited. And it just has so much force behind it. Whereas the masculine power, I like to think of like a bull, for example, like it sees and it has a direction and it focuses forward and it's driving towards like this specific thing. And it's like blinders on, this is what I'm going towards. Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fan podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I'm the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Taylor Tozak, the life coach and business coach for female entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Taylor. How are you doing? Thank you, Carolina, for having me. I am so good and so excited to be here with you today. Me too. I am super excited because there are so many different topics that I would like to discuss with you. But as usual, we will start with a little bit of a background story. How did you get to do what you do and why also did you choose female entrepreneurs as a niche to work with? I'm really, really curious to know what has inspired you to be on this path. Beautiful, beautiful question. And I think that our stories are such an important part of us to share. So I personally feel like I was always meant to be a life coach. I was always on this path of continual growth and evolution and learning more about myself. And it was a process of unfolding, of learning more about myself as a person. And my journey really started after a lot of trauma that happened in my life, a lot of loss, a lot of change, and a lot of self-reflection and realization. So after some really significant changes happened in my life, in my relationships, in my relationship with my family, I ended up taking a deep look into myself, into kind of why I do things the way that I do. And then from there, I hired my first ever life coach. And at this point in time, I was working at a gym as an assistant manager and simultaneously working um, as a personal trainer. And in, in my heart, I knew that I wanted to go deeper with people. I wanted to create a life of bigness, of purpose, of meaning, of significance. And I didn't want to just stay in a nine to five job. I didn't want to just work in that limited amount of growth. And so I made a really courageous decision to quit my job and to go for this business that I had just started, uh, mainly because I saw people who had created something incredible, who were making an impact, who were helping people, who were traveling the world, who were experiencing this life of freedom and abundance. And I thought, well, if they can, why can't I? And so I decided to leap all the way into entrepreneurship. Right after I made the commitment, I had all of this like change happen in my life. My landlord sold the place I was living in. The guy I was dating left me for another girl. My dad went away to prison and I ended up having to move back home. So all these things happened right after I decided I'm going to go into entrepreneurship. And it was this moment of like testing me, testing my level of commitment to what I actually wanted, because it felt like it would be so much easier to just go back to the job, back to where I was living, back to all of these things that provided me a sense of certainty. But I decided to 
go for what I actually wanted. And in the process of this, this was the journey of my becoming. This was the journey of realizing that I want to help people start businesses. I want to help people create lifestyles of freedom. I want to help people travel the world and build a business based on purpose. And so over the last three years, my experience of coaching has been deepening and evolving. I've been through multiple certifications, different programs, worked with multiple coaches. And at this point in time, I've invested like over $100,000 into my personal growth and development. And it's really evolved and expanded me into this point of traveling, living in Costa Rica and experiencing the world and working with female entrepreneurs. So I tend to work with women who are where I previously was, and they aspire to be somewhere where I am or where I'm going. And so I feel like we always attract people who are on some level aligned with who we are and what we value. And our ideal clients and who we work with tends to be previous versions of us. And we have this embodied wisdom and experience to share with them. And if we allow ourselves to own our stories and to be seen, we attract and magnetize these people into our lives and we end up making a huge ripple effect and impact. So I truly had no idea that I would be coaching coaches, but life brought me here and this is where I am now. This is This is amazing. I really love your vibe uh, when you talk about it because you really are embodied in what you are saying and what you are doing. This is really great. And so what have you done at the beginning of your journey when you were maybe not as you know experienced as an entrepreneur and you still stepped into it. And so did you learn some kind of like, let's say business education? Uh, did you have just coaches teaching you step-by-step step and they were just showing you the way? How did you start this journey? That's a really great question. So I am a manifesting generator, which means that Me a lot too. of the stuff, I really, you are too, of course you are. Right? We've got this like <laughs> Like big energy where we just like magnetize things to us. And even if we plan so far in advance, a lot of the time things is, are just evolving and changing so quickly. And so at the beginning of my journey, what I had started with was a life coach. And in the process of working with a life coach, I realized that this is the area I'm really passionate about. And simultaneously, I was working with a business coach. But I was working with a male business coach that was taking a very masculine approach to business, like sales calls, doing different strategies, posting content every day, a lot of rules around how you have to do business. And so I fit myself into this box of how I think I need to do business, how I'm supposed to do business, but it felt so wrong. Like it just didn't feel good for me but I thought it's what I had to do. And so I continued on this path of working with different business coaches. I've worked with several at this point in time, some men, some women, and they all had a different approach. And what I would do is from each coach that I worked with, I would learn what felt right for me and lean more towards that. And I remember there was a significant point in my journey where I was working with a, a business coach and he was telling me I had to do all of these things. And my body was just like, no, no, don't do it. This doesn't feel right. This isn't aligned. And I knew that my business had the capacity to grow, but I didn't want to do it in the way that I thought I should be doing it. I wanted to do it in a way that actually felt good for me. 
So I ended up finding a coach who had a multiple six-figure business. She was teaching on somatics, breathwork, uh, sexology, all these different areas that I felt really activated by. And so it was a pivotal moment in my journey where I could either keep investing into business coaching with what I've done. I have all the strategies. I have all the tools. I've done so much in business coaching and I understand it. But this just feels really right. And so I invested into working with her. And in this process, I got to see someone who was building a business that wasn't based on all the rules that business coaches tell you, you have to do it. And this really expanded my perspective around the possibilities of actually, there are no fucking rules to how we do business. We get to do it however the hell we want to do it. That's why we're entrepreneurs. <laughs> so it made me, it blew the doors off of my box around what I thought I had to do. And I allowed myself to do what felt right for me. And so in the process of working with different coaches, they were able to mirror back to me, my blocks, my resistances, my potential, my mindset, and all these things that I couldn't see in myself and use them as an example of what is possible. And so for me, this was the shift from being dependent on a business coach to tell me how to do business and what to do in business to being dependent on myself and taking full self-responsibility and trusting in myself to know what kind of decisions I needed to make in business and having people who activated me and pulled those things out of me. So that was a huge shift. So I have a lot of experience in strategy and business coaching. I've done sales trainings. I've done copywriting trainings. I've done content trainings. I've done all of it. And I found that there's more of an experience through modeling modeling and being in a container with someone who is where you desire to be. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Because for me, it's also uh, kind of like similar um, feeling that I'm getting that I don't want to be because the only people that are very, very successful in my life, apart from the people that I talk on the podcast, but around my friends and family, the only people that I, I find really successful are actually men. And they do it in a very masculine way. Like, yeah, sales, marketing, this and this and this. And they have all these different rules and how they were, they are mostly achievers, like achiever personality. So they are, you know, kind of like achieving more and more and it's kind of easy, easy for them to, to get themselves to work. And I am a, a loyalist wing enthusiast. So for me, for my enthusiasts, I need freedom. I need traveling. I need entertainment. I need joy in my life. And I feel like if I'm going to sit for eight hours at the computer, just doing all these things that achievers will do, I would not be happy to do it in this way. And I feel like it's a very masculine way of doing things. But also I'm curious to know what you think, because I know that a lot like you need to have some basic business knowledge to make your business work. Uh, and for me, I just manifested a person that is my, actually my client as well, who once he reached out to me saying like, after I did some healing session, he reached out to me saying like, do you have marketing strategy? I'm like, uh, nope. He's like, do you want to have? And I'm like, yeah, please. And then he was, he's an achiever. So he just stepped in and he's doing all the things that I don't want to do. And I can just be in my feminine flow and just show up on the session and, you know, be my, my feminine, in my feminine power. So that's great that I just manifested because I, I had a lot of resistance to that as well. I, fe I felt like, oh, should I think about the copy or maybe I should do sales or what am I even good at? Like, how do I even do business? Because before, um, in my journey, my ex-partner was a business mentor for me and business genius um he still is and he's still my best friend and i know that we're gonna create beautiful things together but when when we broke up i was just like how do i do business now without this masculine energy there and me just being in my feminine how do i even make it happen and so the question is two questions here actually one uh based on what you said like how do you feel when it comes to 
doing the doing business your own way and just figuring out what you like and how like let's say in the more feminine way versus in the more structured masculine way like if someone is just at the beginning of their journey do they need to know all these strategies and all these things or if they feel like okay this is not for me should they would they be better off maybe finding someone to help them with that if they can invest of course uh, or you know, how do you combine these masculine and feminine approaches? Because you've, you've obviously done your work, you've studied marketing and sales and everything, but for someone who doesn't really have m much idea about it, I mean, I have just a little bit because my ex-partner is a marketer and I also did like a Jordan Belfort straight line persuasion course, so I know a little bit, right? But I still feel like I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like it's my calling and I feel like there's a lot of women that feel, okay, I want to do business, but not in this masculine structured way. So What's the balance between that? And how much do you think that it's about the feminine kind of like way of just choosing whatever you, brings you joy? And how much of it is actually having some knowledge or at least a person to cooperate with, obviously. But, you know, how, what is the, the dance between it, let's say? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. I think that when it comes to starting a business, one of the best things that we can do is experience every single role necessary. Because as you start to evolve into the CEO version, you want to be able to know how your business works. You want to be able to know how to do a marketing strategy, how to do a sales call, how to set up an email automation. You want to know the how because it gives you more power and it gives you that level of control that you need to know if something were to go wrong or if I need to replace a team member or if I need to change something in my business, I know how everything functions and how everything works. So I think in the beginning, one of the best things that we can do is experience all of the different roles. And through that process, we figure out what our zone of genius really is, what makes sense for you, what lights you up, what contracts you. And you can feel it in your body you know when something feels really exciting and really expansive and you want to do it all the time and you're like, yes, this feels good to me versus something that maybe brings contraction. And I think that there's a very significant difference between a full body yes and a full body no. And a, maybe this is just resistance and I could evolve into this through more knowledge and experience and wisdom. And so I think that there is an importance behind doing do, having the structure and having the strategy. And I always say that business is 10% strategy and it's 90% energy because we are influencing everything based on our energy. Our energy is what brings things and people to us. And so even if it comes down to a decision of this doesn't feel good for me, are you doing it from a place of power or are you doing it from a place of resistance? Because there's a very different energy between I don't want to do this because it, I don't know how I'm going to be interpreted. I don't like the way it makes me feel versus I just know this is a no for me. There's a huge difference between our energy behind why and how we do something. And so, for example, in my business, I know how to do everything. I know how to do everything. I've learned how to do everything. However, there are some things that I just don't desire to do. So I have team members who do those things. I have team members who help me with accounting. I have team members who help me do automations. I have team members who help me do my podcast, like all of these different things that I can delegate. And in the process of hiring them, the energy behind the process was so empowering for me. It came from a place of, 
I desire something big. I desire support. I desire to be held. I desire to be in my feminine. And in that process, I know that I need a container to hold me so that I can be in my magic and in my zone of genius. And so when I think about the masculine, the feminine, the masculine is like the glass. It's like this container that holds the feminine water so that she can flow and that she can be in her essence and in her energy. And so there is an importance of having the masculine integrated into our business. And I think that in my experience too, I found that like whenever I was in a relationship, my business seemed to flourish a lot more because I felt held held in a different area. It was like the masculine was holding space for me. Whereas after relationship ended, I felt like there was something missing or incomplete or I'm like, I don't know where to like put my energy now. And it felt really like just all over the place. And so when we think about the feminine, if I were to take the water out of the glass, there'd be no direction. There'd be no, like, she'd just be sitting there. And so we do need the masculine because it's the directed energy. It's the leadership. It's the space. It's the container that holds that. And so that is why strategy and why structure is important because it gives direction to us. But the difference is it's like, which ways are you relating to it? And that's why I think healing our own inner masculine is so so incredibly powerful because then you're not reliant on something outside of you. You can source it from inside of you. And that's a huge difference. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt uh, when you said that, you know, when I broke up with my ex-partner who was my business mentor and he did my marketing and whatever, I just showed up for the session. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Like, do I need to become masculine now? Do I need to like, you know, make these things happen? And I also felt like I lost some kind of direction, some kind of structure in my in my life, in my business uh, specifically mm -hmm. as well. And it was just really crazy. But yeah, uh, fortunately, another person stepped up for this role and I, now I don't have to worry about it. But what about these women who are single and maybe who don't have support uh, from someone else, like in terms of, you know, a marketing person doing things for them? How do they find this balance between the inner masculine and getting shit done and the being still in their feminine flow and in their emotional, empathetic, you know, flowy feminine? Like, how do, you, how do they know when to, maybe how to balance it out or how to find the perfect harmony between these parts of them? Mm. I don't think that there's always a perfect harmony. I think that we're going to be pulling on our masculine and feminine, depending on what we're needing in our business at that point in time. So I don't think as like, as a feminine woman, especially that you're always going to be in perfect harmony, that you're always going to have an even balance between masculine and feminine. I think that there's a place and time for all of it, especially depending on like where you're at in your cycle too. So if you have a regular cycle and a regular period, that's also going to influence whether your energy is more directed outwardly or if it's more directed inwardly. When you're ovulating, your energy is going to be more outward. It's going to be more action oriented. It's going to be more focused on all of these connecting things that may seem more masculine because they're outward. Whereas when you're on your period and you're bleeding, you're more internal, your energy is more emotional. It's more introspective. And so I don't think that we're supposed to find this perfect balance between masculine and feminine. I think it's an understanding of how the healthy masculine and how the healthy feminine shows up in us, in our lives and how to pull from each energy, depending on what we're needing. So if I'm in the process of creating a program, that's more feminine because it's very intuitive. It's very in flow. I'm channeling all of these things 
versus the launching of the program, that's going to be more masculine. That's going to require me to be more outward, more self-led, more leadership. And I think that the beautiful thing about bringing these qualities out is that you can find them in other people in your lives and kind of pull from people. So if you have someone in your life who can act as this masculine container, you will feel held and be able to be more in your feminine. The same thing goes for if you are more needing to be in your feminine, but you don't have the space to like, let yourself pour out and be seen. Like they really go hand in hand with each other. And that's why I think that relationships are so powerful, not just romantic relationships, but also like a coaching relationship. Because if you have a coach, you can pull out your feminine essence and you're able to be in that even more, or you have a team member who's able to kind of play that masculine role. You can find that you can amplify either the masculine or feminine energy dynamic, depending on what you're needing. Mm, amazing. I love that. Yeah. And I agree with that because sometimes even though we might not want to be that much in the masculine as women, I feel like it's important to actually be there because, you know, we are all of it anyway. So if we don't mm -hmm. want to be in one part of us, whether it's masculine or feminine, we are suppressing and disowning and rejecting a part of us that is there anyway. So I totally agree with you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I have a question about uh, power because I feel like a lot of people have a different idea about power and especially I feel like power is perceived very in a very masculine way generally in in the world <laughs> because of the patriarchal system and you know the society and how it's shaped and whatever and even school it's like based on intellect and just getting shit done rather than you know feminine flow emotions empathy and things like that so what is feminine power to you mm. I like to think of the ocean the ocean is very fluid, right? It's, it's, it's this ecosystem that exists that holds the space for so many things to exist and it holds life. And it's this powerful force that can come up onto the shore and crash and make waves. And it like, you literally can't fuck with feminine power. You can't, there's no, there's no, <laughs> around it it's like this this force that is completely uncontrollable it's unbound it's free if you try to fight against the ocean you will completely get crushed feminine power is like the ocean it's very different because it's unpredictable it's untamed it's wild it's free it's liberated it's unlimited and it just has so much force behind it Whereas the masculine power, I like to think of like a bull, for example, like it sees and it has a direction and it focuses forward and it's driving towards like this specific thing. And it's like blinders on, this is what I'm going towards. The feminine is just like everything all over and it's completely unpredictable. There's no direction to it, but it's super powerful because it's so fluid. Mm, amazing. I love this metaphor. You shall not fuck with feminine power. That's for sure. <laughs> you shall not fuck with the ocean. <laughs> with a stormy no, ocean, especially stormy on the period, right? You shall not fuck with the stormy period ocean. <laughs> it's true. You do not fuck with that shit. You'll, you'll get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, I love this metaphor because I feel like for me, when I was uh, starting my spiritual journey, we were meditating on chakras, me and my friends. And, you know, the solar plexus chakra is all about power. And I struggled to feel power because the, the at first, the friends that I was meditating, they were all men. And they were like feeling this power, like, you know, just very masculine. And I was like, I don't really vibe with that. Like, I don't really vibe with, for example, visualizing myself as like a superhero. Like, oh, I'm so powerful. It's more like I was maybe visualizing myself as an animal, like a she-wolf, because I and I know I very, uh, very much like a she-wolf. And then maybe the animal was more like kind of, I don't know, wild, more like a woman uh, rather than, you know, this kind of like superhero vibes or like Songo from Dragon Ball or whatever. And I struggled myself with finding what feminine power means to me. And I feel like you can feel powerful in so many different ways. And for me, feminine power is about love and about empathy and about really being able to, understand others and being compassionate because i feel like these qualities although they are not as valued in you know today's system or whatever they are so powerful and actually to me you cannot really differentiate feminine power from love because love is like feminine power is one of the feminine qualities that i don't mean only for women but also for men love is a feminine quality so if we can be in love just surrounded by love like acting with love and just being love, then we are in feminine power anyway. And I feel like we should be in both powers, masculine and feminine. Uh, but to me, it's just all interconnected with, yeah, just love, empathy and forgiveness, understanding, because this is powerful as well. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like this strong, structured, masculine power. So um, yeah, just wanted to share my perspective on it, uh, but I love yours as well. And I feel like they are interconnected anyway as well. <laughs> um, so another question I have to you, we're, we were talking a little bit about magnetism uh, and I would love to develop this topic a little more and ask you, how do you develop your magnetism in terms of, you know, some people could say, okay, you guys are manifestor generators, so it's easier for you to uh, manifest things and, you know, generate and manifest. And what about reflectors? And what about projectors? And what about all these other, you know, uh, people who maybe don't find it as easy to manifest and to be so magnetic? So yeah, what are your tips for just growing your magnetism, for developing it and improving uh, your manifestation and generally your magnetism in the relationship because, you know, magnetism has all these different meanings. So uh, mm -hmm. what is your advice for people who maybe don't know how to uh, develop it? Yeah. So what magnetism really is, is it's an attraction energy. It's instead of going out and getting things, you attract things to us and to yourself. And no matter what, we are going to be magnetic. It just depends on what you're wanting to be magnetic to. And we're always going to be attracting things that are on the same frequency as we are. So the most important thing that you can do in terms of becoming more magnetic is to be more authentic, be more yourself, be more true to who you are, because in the process of that, your vibration will actually be more magnetic to the things that are aligned with the truth of who you are versus trying to get things or attract things because you feel like you need to or that you should, you get really, really clear on who you are, what matters to you, what you value. And then with, when you're very clear, you are so much more likely to attract things to you that are in alignment with who you are and what's true to you. So I like to think about, for example, going back to the beginning of the podcast, how we were talking about 
your ideal clients are always previous versions of you. And when you own your story, when you own your values, when you own who you are as a person, and you can share that unapologetically and just be like, yeah, this is who I am. This is my story. This is what I've been through. And this is what got me to where I am. There are people who are like, fuck yes. Fuck yes. I agree with that. That is me. That is what matters to me. I am the exact same. And I think that when we take the layer of shame or judgment off, our energy becomes so much more magnetic. And so we have to first release the shame, release the judgment, release the criticism that we have about ourselves and any shoulds around how we think we should be and tap into acceptance. When you tap into acceptance of self, like unapologetically owning who you are, automatically your frequency, your energy becomes more magnetic. And then you're so clear on what you desire and what matters to you that you become a match for those things in your life as well. Mm, amazing. I love that. Yeah. And it's like, if you have your own boundaries of what you want to put up with and what you don't want to put up with when it comes to the universe giving you stuff, uh, then you can attract exactly what you want because you're not going to just you know, be around people or situations or places that are just not vibing with you. So I totally agree that the first step to be to being magnetic is to know yourself on a deeper level, uh, the deepest possible, because then when you have awareness, it's like, okay, this is what I choose. This is what I don't choose. And obviously it all depends also on our energy and how positive we are and how high we are vibrating, because the more the higher the vibration we have, the more magnetic we are as well, because our electromagnetic field is stronger and stronger. And then our thoughts have more power, more emotional charge. I feel when we are vibrating higher, it's like our, our energy is more powerful. So if we want to manifest something, then we can put even more of our energy, the more shadow work we do, the more positive we are, the more gratitude we have. It's kind of like we are empowering our own energy field. And then we become even more magnetic towards the things that just generally in 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 life <laughs> and we can attract pretty much anything we want in our life uh, and so i i have a question so do you uh, have clients who are not manifester generators and who also have really great results with manifesting as if they were manifester generators because you know like it's easy for us to say okay it's so easy to manifest because i just you know put put out this intention and then the next day it's there or you know after a week or two it's there it's easy for us to say because this is just how our, li our life goes right with our energy so do you feel like it's the same for other human design types because we are talking about human design design here for anyone who doesn't know about the type of aura that you have so do you feel like it's the same uh, for everyone that everyone can develop the same level of magnetism or maybe it's easier a little bit for us because it's like natural for us and if uh, like you know how does it play out how do you feel Mm, that's a great question. And I really think it depends on your awareness of how you manifest because our, our, the way that a manifesting generator manifests is different than a reflector, a projector, a generator, a manifester. So the way that we manifest is going to be completely different. So something that I do in my private coaching now is I actually have my clients receive a human design reading so that we can understand how they manifest specifically because the way I've worked with a lot of projectors for whatever reason, manifesting generators and projectors, those are the people who are really drawn to me. And so in that, the way that you manifest is going to be completely different depending on, you know, your energy, your mindset, your history, the way that you're 
like creative type works, all these different things come into play. And so even the way that you and I manifest is going to be completely different. And although we're in the same human design type, that doesn't mean that the way that you manifest is going to be the same that I manifest. And I think that belief is the thing that drives everything. So when you believe that you can, when you believe that it's possible for you, when you believe that it's available to you, that's what allows you to actually receive it. But if there's any blockages or resistances or things that are covering up that possibility, that's what's going to slow down the manifestation process. So even if you are completely aware and in alignment with your manifesting type, if there's anything that's getting in the way, like you could be manifesting all these things, but you just might not be allowing yourself to receive them. So that's a huge difference mm. there as well. So it totally depends. It's it's a very situational depending on each person is what I've found. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that because also our beliefs can block so much. And even if we are manifestor generators, if we have beliefs that we don't deserve to receive, and it's easy to have this belief, I think, uh, for not deserving to receive or actually having a belief where you have to give in order to receive. Like I used to have this belief that I have to give to the universe in order to receive. Like there is no way I can just receive uh, from the universe if I don't give anything, right? So that's also a very limiting perspective because like it's like, okay, if a child is born, the child receives from everyone because <laughs> they are just not able to do anything by themselves. So it's not a wrong thing to receive. And like, and no one minds that the baby doesn't give anything back apart from just being who they are. And I feel like then over the years, we learn like, oh, no, 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 you have to do this. You have to, I don't know, clean your room and then you can go out or you have to whatever, <laughs> do X to receive Y, right? Um, but it's actually really good to open yourself up to just receiving without anything. And I feel like it's so healing for so many people where they can just receive and not really worry about giving back. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I do many times on the heart opening ceremony that I run, I did this exercise where people stand in the circle and one person stands in the middle and and everyone in the circle needs to say some compliment or like just loving kindness uh, stuff to this person in the middle. And the person in the middle cannot even say thank you, just needs to receive it, just needs to inhale it. Uh, it was an exercise that I learned on the workshop with my mentor, Teal Swan. And this exercise is so powerful. Like people literally just struggled, <laughs> struggled to do that. You know, they struggle to receive, they struggle to take things in even without, and they, they always say, it's so hard not to say thank you because, you know, you receive so much and then you really want to give, but it's really good to just sometimes let yourself off the hook and be able to receive only and not do anything about it. So uh, yeah, such a, such a great way to do this. And I have another um, question to you because I know that you are a courageous change expert. Uh, so I wanted to ask, Mm, what is the like maybe what is the first step to take to you know make this change the reality because so many people are scared of change and so what's the first step to take to actually be able to create change in your life because you've gone through this right you just decided okay I'm changing my life I need to become an entrepreneur I need more freedom I need more this and that and you just uh, yeah you made the step and you're courageous to do that. But for people who are still scared of unknown, scared of the change, what is the first step or maybe first three steps if you'd like to share? Mm, yes. So I've, I feel like the one inevitable thing in life, no matter what, is change. Change can either lead to growth or it can lead to pain. And it depends on how we're perceiving it and how we're relating to it. 
So the first thing for me was like leaving home at 18 years old, moving to a different province and experiencing a different life and then quitting my job and becoming an entrepreneur and then leaving a four year relationship and then moving to a different country and then moving to another different country. And so like all of these experiences around my ability to change and feeling comfortable in change has come from compounded experience. And so the way that we can do this is through creating confidence. And the way that we create confidence is through compounded results over time. And so it's really about just getting over that first initial step, which is always going to be the hardest. And when we have an understanding of our ego and how it works, that it's always going to want to hold on to certainty and to not be in uncertain, unpredictable circumstances, and we can meet our needs for certainty. One of our basic human needs is certainty. And so that's why a lot of the time when we're in the midst of change, we don't want to grow into the next level. But on that same note, on one, another one of our basic human needs is uncertainty and variety. And so there's this conflict that goes on within us whenever we're in the midst of change and we're wanting to change and evolve and grow. So what of my favorite thing to do is number one, create safety in ourselves. And you can do this through a combination of different embodiment practices. You can do this through things like self-talk. You can do this through things like orienting and regulating your nervous system so that when you are going through these internal and external growths and changes and evolutions, you're able to find safety and certainty within yourself or even within your environment so that you feel a little bit more stable as you're going through this. And the second thing too is to kind of like visualize who you desire to be in the midst of change. This is one of my favorite things to do is kind of pull out the qualities of this next level version of yourself. How do they think? What do they act? What do they believe about themselves? What do they believe about life? And you make this almost like manifesto of this version of you. And then from there, whenever you're feeling a little bit wobbly or uncertain, you would ask yourself, well, what would the highest version of me do? Or what would this next level version of me do? How would I be relating to this situation? And I always ask myself that whenever I'm in the midst of growth. And then it usually comes to be like, grounded, trusting, stable, certain. Okay. If I were already there, if I was already at that place where I knew I made it to the other side, how would I feel right now? And then you can embody that frequency in the moment, in the midst of change, which makes it so much easier on yourself. Wow. This is an amazing exercise. It's kind of like future self-work, right? When you create the yeah. future version of yourself and then you're embodying in the moment. I love this exercise. It's amazing. I'm going to try it out for sure. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so do you feel, do you feel like actually, um, Because, you know, I, one thing that actually uh, came to my mind while we were talking is that in Romanian, my surname uh, is Courage, which is courage as well. And I felt like, oh, this is pretty interesting because I've done pretty much the same things that you did. Like I quit a five years long relationship uh, some time ago. I mean, quite a long time ago, but it was still quite a, you know, courageous shift and that I've done. Uh, and recently, three and a half year long relationship as well. And then I also traveled the world since I was like 20 years old. I was just like traveling by myself everywhere. And uh, even now I'm still keeping traveling like the ninth or 10th year almost now. And yeah, I feel like it requires courage, but I feel like there are also different let's say, tastes of courage because, you know, diff it's different mm -hmm. courage to go by yourself to a different country and it's different courage to start a business and it's different type of courage to, mm -hmm. to do anything. But I feel like if you want to be courageous, it's very 
important to actually look at your fears and just go there <laughs> because mm-hmm. what you realize is that, okay, the, the moment that you, as you said, if you take this first step, the moment that you take this first step and you actually move to this other country, you're going to be like, oh, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought because now I've done it and now I expanded beyond the fear and now I... Now I'm here and now I'm good, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like, you know, people scared of whatever, like, um, I don't know, chickens. My grandma is scared of chickens. <laughs> but if I actually put a chicken on her on her hand, you know, and she would just grab this chicken and, and see it and touch it and th- nothing would happen, then she probably would be like, hey, yeah, okay, you know, now I'm not scared of it anymore. So I feel like it's very important to actually look at your fear and just be okay with being afraid because like everyone is scared it's just about different things that we are scared of but everyone every single person in this world um, unless they are a mega enlightened being all the time which i don't believe that you know humans can be uh, that much i mean maybe maybe some of them <laughs> like a little percentage of, of humans can be in this bliss state all the time um, but yeah i feel like everyone has some kind of fear even fear of survival like it's a it's an instinct we have this and it's gonna be there but if we can really be okay and accept the fear then to take a courageous step is not actually that bad or even sometimes it's good to be counterphobic to actually take the step first and then see that it's not as bad Uh, and obviously it depends on the degree of fear that you're feeling but uh, yes I think it's important to actually be on board with your fear if you want to be courageous do you agree I agree. I feel like courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyways. It's knowing that the fear is always going to exist no matter what. It's a survival mechanism and it's meant to keep us safe. But the issue with fear is oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to actually experience it. All it is, it's a a vibration. It's a vibration that we're experiencing in our body. It's an emotion. And so when we can familiarize ourselves with the vibration and with the energy of it, we're able to realize that actually I can become bigger than my fear. I can get stronger than my fear and I can walk with it instead of running from it. And I've done this with weird little things. Like I used to be terrified of the dark. What I did was with one of my best friends, we went into this cave, like a literal cave where we stood in there, turned off the lights. And I just stood there in the fear, like in the frequency of my fear. And I realized that so much of fear is like the mental story that we tell ourselves. So it's almost something like anticipation anxiety. It's so much bigger in your mind and you make out this whole scenario and this whole story, but then you get there and you're like, it's not as bad as I thought. And I can handle this. So when we put ourselves in those uncomfortable situations and actually show ourselves, you can do this, you have evidence for your brain that you can survive your fears. And then it becomes easier and easier and easier each time you meet yourself there again. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so, so much for sharing everything that you said. And just uh, one last question. Uh, where could people find you? What's the best way to see your content and contact you if they would like to work with you? Yes, yes. I hang out on Instagram all the time. My handle is Taylor Tozak, T-O-S-C-Z-A-K. And I also have a podcast. It's called the Tailored Life Podcast, tailored with an apostrophe D. Um, I usually release episodes once a week. And my website is www.taylorlifecoach.com. All of my programs, any ways to work with me are all accessible on there. I actually have a program called Courageous Chain. So that's also an option if anybody wants to deepen into their own courage of self as well. So thank you for having me. This was so much fun. It was so nice to chat with you and see you again. So thank you.
thank you <laughs> thank you so so much as well I'm, i'm so grateful for this conversation and for everything you've shared because it's gonna help me and everyone who listens a lot so thank you so so much <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to me and Taylor. It's been an amazing conversa conversation. <laughs> I hope that it has uh, helped you as well. If you'd like to find me, I'm The Connection Catalyst on Instagram. So um, DM me there if you'd like to ask some questions or if you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast. Thank you so much again and stay tuned to the next episode. <laughs>